Welcome to the Well Workplaces podcast, where we have authentic conversations with health and wellbeing leaders that are on a mission to inspire healthy change in the workplace. I'm your host, Tom Bosner, and today's episode is proudly brought to you by Pinnacle Health Group, Australia's leading corporate wellbeing provider, who are on a mission to deliver 5 million health experiences globally. Welcome back to the Well Workplaces podcast, dedicated to promoting safety, health, and wellbeing in the workplace. I'm your host, Tom Bosner, and today we're diving into week three of National Safe Work Month, which is focusing on the theme of working together to support all workers. And in the last week or so at Pinnacle Health Group, we've been helping and supporting different organizations. We've been across different sectors. And what's really clear is that there's a lot of different type of workers out there. So when it comes to supporting all types of workers, we need to consider our messaging and our safety processes that we need to be able to communicate it to a broader range of worker. And what I mean by that is that there's different subsets of workers. There's maybe some that are older, perhaps they're from culturally diverse backgrounds. And so, for instance, being younger, having a culturally or linguistically diverse background, perhaps working in complex contractual chains like labor hire arrangements, working alone or in isolated locations, or returning to work after an injury or illness can make workers a bit more vulnerable to harm. So we really need to be considerate of that. And then the key to making work safe for everyone is obviously working together. So let's start by talking about young workers. Now, in the early years of employment, young workers learn habits, skills, and attitudes that stay with them through their whole careers. I'm sure if you think back to your early career, you've maybe got a mentor in mind and someone that you kind of copied or you kind of followed. Um, ensuring young workers are safe and well informed about workplace health and safety. It's not just a responsibility, but it's a a way to create safer workplaces for everyone. And I guess workplaces can really play a pivotal role in minimizing the risks or reducing the risk for young workers. And this can be done by addressing factors that make them more likely to experience harm, such as lack of experience, awareness or confidence in reporting certain issues. For example, providing young workers with necessary training and supervision to work safely and establish mechanisms for reporting incidents and issues can make a significant difference. Now, I kind of think, you know, if you think of uh, McDonald's, perhaps there's a lot of young workers in there. What's really, uh, I guess, a differentiator for all them and the way that that type of workplace is managing that risk is by training them extremely well. And certainly in those McDonald's environments, there's got to be one person there that's senior, um, that shows those younger workers the way. Um, but what really, again, sets that up really well is some good solid training. Now, another thing to consider here is effective communication. Now, effective communication is critical when it comes to work, health and safety and workers from culturally or linguistically diverse backgrounds and migrants can be at increased risk due to ineffective communication. And this is particularly relevant as they are often overrepresented in high-risk industries and tailoring communication to meet the information needs and abilities of workers 
ensuring all workers understand the hazards and the risk. It's essential to protect the health and safety of everyone involved. So a real strong consideration here of ensuring that the communication style, but also the languages are adapted to suit the background of the people that are getting communicated to. Now let's talk about remote and isolated workers. Whether you're working alone or in a remote location, it can increase the health and safety risks of any job. Now, remote and isolated work can involve physical and psychosocial hazards, as mentioned in the last episode, with the added risk of limited access to support and emergency assistance. Workplaces definitely have a duty to manage these risks by addressing environmental factors, preparing for emergencies and managing psychosocial risks. And finally, another group that's sometimes get missed are labor hire workers. They can definitely be at an increased risk of work-related injury or illness, often due to the uncertainties about responsibility for health and safety in the workplace. And in labor hire arrangements, both the labor hire agency and the host agency are workplaces responsible for the health and safety of labor hire workers, and they must work together, consult with the workplace employer and involve workers and health and safety representatives to ensure a safe working environment. And lastly, let's address the final one that is workers compensation, or at least the stigma that comes with workers comp. After a work-related injury or illness, one of the most critical factors for work workers' recovery and a safe return to work is the presence of a supportive and inclusive work environment free from stigma. Now, reducing workers' comp stigma is vital as it can prevent injured or ill workers from making a claim or a delay in recovery. And we can all contribute to creating a positive, supportive work environment that reduces stigma. In a former life, I used to do um, workplace or workers' compensation or return to work strategies for employers. And uh, I do remember sitting in a workplace um, as the third party and the third party between the worker and the employer. And the employer had this attitude that was really um, a non-belief in the person's injury and the employee was also from a culturally diverse background, non-English speaking background and felt extremely isolated and unsupported. And it goes without saying that that particular case went on and on. And that person had a really long and delayed return to work, not to mention the type of work they were doing was extremely isolated. Um, quite repetitive as well, and had low job control that went with it. So it was a little bit of a recipe for disaster, but I often think back to that particular worker and that particular situation where I was literally sitting between a worker and an employer and no one was ready to compromise or no one was supportive of each other in that environment. So in conclusion, during the National Safe Work Month, let's take time to discuss how risk can affect workers differently. And by working together, we can, of course, strive for safe and healthy workplaces every day of the year. Thanks for joining us on the episode. 
We hope you found the information valuable in creating safe and healthier work environment. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, or review our podcast. Stay safe and let's work together for the well-being of all workers. Signing off now. Thanks for tuning in to another Well Workplaces podcast. If you've loved the show, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or feel free to follow us on LinkedIn or Instagram and search Well Workplaces or my profile, Tom Bosner. If you would like to hear more about our exclusive events and more about the Well Workplaces community, feel free to email me directly at tom at wellworkplaces.com.au where I'd love you to tell me who I should interview in the future podcasts. This podcast is really built on community input and built on the aspiration of inspiring healthy change in every workplace. Thanks for listening.